Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Good evening, wherever you are. I hope you're being blessed where you're, where you're listening to this podcast from. My name is Dr. Lulu. Welcome to Suicide Pages, the podcast. I am your favorite momatrician, your speaker, best-selling author, and everything in between. Today, I have a fabulous guest for so many reasons. I mean, I just met this chica, but I feel like she's my big sister or maybe my younger sister. But her name is Dr. Stem. Who doesn't like a challenge, right? I'm challenging myself to say her name. Her name is Dr. Stembile Malatini. She's a champion for helping others boost their confidence. So she is a confidence booster, the energizer bunny, if you, if you want to go that way, you know? She helps you relieve your life of stress. She's a life coach, therapist, speaker, parenting teens expert. I think she's been reading my bio because she stole all the words, right? If you know my bio, you know all of those things are in my bio. She's a TV radio personality. She's an author, multiple books. This woman has written as many books as almost my age, but you know, how old am I? You guess. And um, she's a bestseller, I'm sure, because it's all on Amazon. She promises you that these things that we're going to discuss today are going to benefit you and of course as always i'm always learning from my guests so without further ado dr stem welcome to the building thank you so much for being with us how are you girl i'm so blessed i think i'm the big sister because yeah. at 54 and you're talking about 30s uh no i'm big I love, you know what, you know what they say about black doesn't crack, you know, most people look at me and they do think I'm 30. I'm frozen in 32. But the truth is, I'll be 51 in March. So boom, right there. Uh huh. (laughs) You know, we don't crack. We do not crack. We're black girls that rock. Yes. (laughs) that's good that's good no i'm so glad to be here i'm glad to be here with you yes ma'am so we're going to be talking about y'all know what i like to talk about the stuff that no one wants to talk about so this chica here is going to just kind of bring all of her years of expertise to the table we're going to talk about teens because this is what she likes to talk about and that's my favorite topic teens their troubles and of course their parents right life as it affects the teenagers and everything else in between. And if you know me, you know I want to talk about the sad stuff, the depression, the despair, and of course, the suicide. You know, last week, this week that just passed, we had a football player, first name Jordan, last name I think Wiggins from Georgia. (sighs) A beautiful soul, just a beautiful brown sugar baby 
overdose on pills. They ruled it a suicide. We don't know what happened. He's not here for us to ask him. But that's, that's the reason I'm talking, because it doesn't stop. And because recent studies have shown that African-American children are twice as likely as their white counterparts to die by suicide. So it's a real problem in our community. So let's talk, America. Let's talk. Dr. Stem, what you got going on, girl? What you got for me? Where do you want to start? Where do you want to go from there? You know, as you're saying, right, and my condolences to the family of this young man, you know, who recently passed, as you're talking, right, because we are so focused into, and, and, you know, I mean, hello, everyone, and I'm glad that I'm joining all of you today. Um, One of the things that I, you know, maybe let me preface it before I start talking. So I'm originally from Zimbabwe. So I am so African that we don't talk about mental health. We don't go to counseling. We don't, you know, we're not depressed. We, we don't struggle with, you know, anxiety. Our children, are you kidding me? No, there is nothing called depression and you will do as much as everybody else is doing. And I will not sit here and listen to you saying, you're smoking, you're smoking what? Weed, not in my house. So those are the things that we're going to be touching on. And the reason why I bring those things is because I am in mental health and God didn't make a mistake by making one person that is a minority that is from Africa and put her in a place where I work with people to normalize mental health, to open up our hearts, souls, and get treatment and acknowledge that it is real. Mental health is real. And we are tired of losing not only our children, our husbands, our wives, sisters that are losing their lives to suicide because they have no other place to go. There is nobody else to talk to. There is nobody that will listen to them about the traumas that they're experiencing. So, oh, I, I got something to talk about, sister girl. Girl, I am so happy. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm having nothing but goosebumps on my big arms here. You know, I love it. And usually when I, when I interview my guests, I write quotes down as they go. So you already said two things already, normalizing mental health. And mental health is real. And of course, we can throw in the fact that suicide is real. But I love Africa. As you know, I'm an African sister. The reason I started this podcast was because I said that day, I didn't see anyone. I didn't meet you, of course, but now I meet you. But, and, I, and now I've met you, but I didn't meet you at that time. But I didn't know anyone who was African, who was black, I must say, who was a female, who was a doctor with dreadlocks, I must add, with my accent, talking about mental illness. I just couldn't find them. And wait a minute, talking about suicide. And wait, youth suicide to be particular, to be specific. So I was just like, oh my goodness, if not me, then who? You know, when God says, over here, come here, I want to send you on this errand. Your job is to just say, here I am, Lord, send me. You don't have to argue because he will give you everything you need along the way. And that's exactly what has happened. So thank you for starting us on a great place, at a great place, Africa, our motherland, the motherland. Talking about the fact that it is the ultimate taboo. Talk about mental illness. You know, when I gave a talk last Saturday, I told the African-Americans I was speaking to that if there's anything that they brought from the motherland on the ship, is it was it is the fact that nobody wants to talk about mental illness oh you're strong oh you can pray it away oh not in my family not us maybe them but not us so 
how do you want us to tackle this major, major topic that just, uh, it just kills me that nobody wants to talk about it. Where do you want to start, sister? Where do you want to start? So, so I think, you know, one of the things that we have to acknowledge is when we say mental health is real, we're talking about the way that you feel. So the discord that happens with the body is the same thing that happens when you start having stomach cramps and you start having, you know, headaches and you say, I'm going to the doctor because I'm not feeling well. My chest, my heart is beating fast and I don't know what's wrong with me. And you go there and the doctor says, well, let's do a heart test. Let's do it when you're having an anxiety attack when you're having a panic attack. But what we don't have is, we don't have the correct terms to say, doctor, I'm having an anxiety attack. Doctor, I'm having a panic attack. We're so used to saying there's something wrong with my heart and I can't seem to understand why my heart is beating so fast. So I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to label mental health issues as they are so that we know what we are feeling and we know how to express what we are feeling that way too. Let me tell you, you also get the right treatment when you tell us what is going on with you. Because then if you come in and sugarcoat it and not say exactly what's happening, and Doc will probably you know agree with me, the diagnosis is wrong. We don't have the right you know, information. So your treatment is going to be wrong. But guess what? You are not going to feel better. And then then what happens is all oh, those therapists, those doctors, they don't know what they're doing. Well, how can we know what we're doing when we are only working with the information that you're giving us? Yes. Oh my God. Preach sister. I can't stop writing. I cannot stop writing. I love it. Yes. You, you have to start by acknowledging it. You cannot tell me all the things going around it, going around it. And expect me to make the right diagnosis. Number one, I can't read your mind. Number two, I'm not psychic. And then number three, I'm not God. I can't hear the words if you don't say them. Yes, of course, there are some words that are unsaid, but I'd rather you say the words so I don't go down the wrong path. Even if it's stomach pain, I love the way that you're tackling this. Yes, label mental health, label it with the words that it is. Say what yes. it is. And I was going to add that mental health is 100%. Physical health is 100%. And let me tell you, if you don't believe me, you have an amputation of your right knee and tell me that by the second week, you don't have mental health issues creeping in. And then you have mental health issues, and tell me that by the second week, you don't have an ulcer creeping in. The truth is, both of them are equally, they, they depend on each other. They're codependent. So you, you cannot separate the mental illness from the physical illness most times. It is the same person. It's the same person. Wow, this is so good. So Doc, in your, in your experience, do you see mostly children or mostly adults or is it a combination? Or oh, yes, I, I, I do a, a combination, but I start from age 15. Sometimes, you know, I'll do an exception with 14, but I start from age 15 to 99 years old. So I'm in private practice. I'm a mental health professional. That means I provide mental health counseling. And I'm excited to say, even though now we are to talking about demystifying this, this myth that mental health is not real, 
I'm getting more and more African-Americans and minorities coming in and calling in for therapy. And most of all, I'm having more men coming in and initiating couples therapy. I have the husbands who are calling in and saying, ma'am, I'm calling in because I want counseling for me and my wife. So we want to also acknowledge that we are moving towards the right direction of acknowledging that we need help and let's you know, sit down and talk about it. And uh, before we go further, right, I just posted last week, I posted um, you know, a posting that says the importance of using the right words when we are talking about mental health. Let me just read real quick, you know, because- of course, then, no, you don't have People, all the time. Yeah, people are so used to just throwing in depression, schizophrenia, bipolar, but without the context of the right context of it. So this post, it says depression is not the same as having a bad day. Amen. OCD, which is an obsessive compulsive disorder, is not the same as being organized, you know, or disorganized. ADHD, which a lot of our kids are diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactive disorder, is not the same as being hyperactive. So then, you know, we make it a bad thing that they're making it ADHD, and we'll talk more about those diagnoses as well. Anxiety is not the same as feeling stressed before an exam. And then we have schizophrenia. It's not a split personality because people run away from it. Oh my God, you know, I've been told that I've split personality. And my favorite one that people throw out a lot is bipolar. So then, you know, once somebody's moody, oh, you're bipolar. You know, so again, it, it's, it's, it's very important that, you know, you do talk to mental health professionals that can help you because then here's what happens if you self-diagnose yourself and say i'm you know depressed which we're not going to be talking about what the symptoms are you know i mean as far as the, the um right diagnosis because then we want you to be able to talk to us so that we can help you because people self-diagnose and then guess what happens you get into another anxiety attack and panic attack because now oh my god <laughs> you know? oh my god you're too funny you think i'm bipolar you think i'm, I'm I, you know i'm moody so they said no <sighs> it's supposed to relax you so yeah so what we want to talk about is the reality of it that you know people do get depressed and when we talk about depression where now let's say you are a mother that you know um either is you know uh pregnant and we have a lot of mothers that get depressed after giving birth which is mm -hmm. postpartum but a lot of mothers are, go, are, are getting prepartum depression yes where they're getting depressed you know before that and that means they can't get up they're you know they, they're just like helpless hopeless they're crying all the time mm. and they can't eat sometimes so you know the symptoms are so many but some of it is always situational as well yes. what situation is going on so i you know i i always don't like for people to just think automatically that oh, oh those doctors were talking yeah, and they said i'm depressed Right, I love it. I, God, there's so much you're just nugget after nugget after nugget. I do want to go back to something that you said that's just oh, news to my ears the fact that black men I'm going to say that again black <laughs> men who I like to call unicorns, by the way, yes. black yes. men actually are now venturing into the territory of therapy. This is this is glorious music ears. That means to me, we are indeed 
chipping away at all those shame and all the fear and the anxiety, as it were, around getting therapy. And oh my goodness, people are going to look at me like I'm, I'm, I'm less of a person. You know, one thing I wish, and maybe he did, I don't know. I wish Barack Obama did a little bit more talking about the need for therapy in men. And maybe he did. I don't know. This is just me now talking. Because he was one black man that we know we had, that we know if he, if he speaks, at least we listen. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But we need more men, more prominent men, admitting that it is okay to not be okay. What's not okay is staying that way. So thank you, men, if you're listening to me. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for going to get, to get help, to get help, knowing that, yes, it's time to call a timeout and let's do something now before it's too late. So this is... Yeah, great. because... Yeah, you, you're right, Doc, because then here's the thing, right? They, they were told that they need to be strong. They were told mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah, they, 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 you have to be the head of the family. But then, you know, they got sisters like, you know, all educated and now not giving them, you know, that position. So they, they didn't, you know, displaced now because then they have wives, girlfriends, women that are now working, earning more money than them. And they feel like, okay, so what's my part? And unfortunately, we have more empowerment going on for women and empowering more women. So we're getting stronger and stronger. And yes. this brother getting weaker and weaker so i think it's it's also much needed that you know even it doesn't have to be a man empowering them i think even us women can also empower our own men and young men and 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 strengthen them to say no you haven't lost who you are but you you also have to change your mentality to be able to accommodate this new mentality that these women are learning and who they are that is so True. That is exactly my thought process. I was a single mother for a little bit. I raised three boys and I raised them to be feminists because it's important that they know that there's an equality of sexes. One, two, I raised my boys to cry. I raised my boys to feel pain. I raised my boys to know that it's normal to feel all the ranges of emotions. There's no emotion for girls and emotion for boys. It's, it's okay for men, for real men to cry, which is kind of how we met, right? Because you're friends with Andy, who of the real men feel, which I love, yes. love, love that podcast, love the name of that podcast. And I sent my own episode to almost 1,500 views because I was like, dude, we need to get this thing out there. Real men feel emotions. No mandingo warrior, Spartan boy. That's bullshit if if I must go there because the truth is this is real people. And you know what? Because we hush them and hush them and hush them, then they keep it and keep it and keep it. And then what happens? It blows up. And they would say, oh, angry black man. Wait, wait, what, what do you mean? You already told him not to say anything. And then he's holding it and holding it. But how long can you hold it? How long can you hold it? You know? So, man, yeah. thank you so much. If you're listening to this podcast, oh, my God. If you're listening to it and you're a man, please, please spread the word that men do get therapy. It's okay. <laughs> I'm so excited and men about do get afraid, And men do get to be afraid as well. They also, you know, struggle with fear. So here's the thing, right? A lot of people say, well, you know, I mean, is it all genetic that I'm getting, you know, a mental health problem? Is it something that I'm born with? Is it something that, you know, I mean, just happens just because I'm, I'm growing up in a poor family or anything? So I, I think talking about men, if we may start, you know, uh, going where the men are, 
men are just as abused as women when growing up when they're young. They are violated just like women are violated as far as sexual abuse and you know sexual violation um, you would never believe how many men and women that have come through my office in the 20 years 23 years that I've been you know a mental health professional who were violated not only sexually and physically but they are now struggling with you know who they are they are self-worthy they are so of confidence because of physical and emotional abuse. So I, I want to emphasize that the physical and emotional abuse is so you know deep and 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 difficult to get over. Grow once once you are grown up, and these are the same parents that now we are blaming to say, parents, you need to be able to be open and to parent your kids this way, but they're still teenagers themselves because at some point they stopped growing because they were told they, uh, they will amount to nothing and yes. they were violated and you know they, they don't know how to become a parent because their parents were, were absent. Either they were on drugs or, you know, I mean, they had polygamy. We're coming from Africa. They were in a polygamous, mm. you know, relationship. So they didn't feel themselves they didn't know because then they felt worthless because once the second third fourth wife comes in of course she's focused now on am i good enough a mother am i doing good and the children are just left to fend for themselves and struggling there the cycle the pain is real it's real and all those things are the things that we are saying when we are talking about mental health all those things affect your mental health because at some point as a human being you grow to be you know i mean resentful of, of, of the other person you also get resentful of yourself maybe not giving yourself enough credit for what you have done that becomes a mental health because now all of a sudden you're afraid to you know for these children that you're raising now you're afraid for your own life you're afraid to do things in your relationship at work to get promotions you know to start a new career to even you know be successful in life all those things now affect you without knowing that oh my god it's exactly what happened when i was young because i saw my parents divorcing and i never thought that you know what i don't want to get married and i don't want to marry a man like my dad because i saw how much painful it was for my mom and then you know the son is saying well you know what it was painful for my dad so i don't want you know to go through that so the cycle is also what we are trying to stop by normalizing mental health and say, hey, say yes, I'm going through this and this is what I went through and talk to somebody, put, put it all into perspective so that you can be free to live your best life because you deserve it. You deserve it. I want to give you 10 high fives back to back like that, like that. You know what? You just mentioned so much. First of all, we're talking about basically the summary of everything you just said now is ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, ACEs, which they found now is the root of everything. If it happens to you before the age of 18, when you become an adult, it will come back to haunt you by way of cancer, heart disease, obesity, suicidal ideation, trauma, oh my God, mental illness. You, a few, you mentioned a few of them. Physical abuse is one of them. Emotional abuse is one of them. Sexual abuse is one of them. Divorce, yes. abandonment, anything that traumatized the child enough before they turn 18. They found a study by 
the CDC and Kaiser Permanente, which was done between 1995 and 1997, they found that this is what we're reaping today when they become adults. The word is ACEs, ad adverse childhood experiences. You are just nailing it. And you, of course, you mentioned say yes. I love that word because one of my friends, one of my guests on my podcast, actually early, early guest, I think she was the second guest. She said it is easier to say yes than I need help. I will never forget that phrase because indeed mm. it is easier to say yes. While I like the fact that it's easier to say yes, I wish you would tell me I need help because the kind of help I'll give you depends on what you tell me. Going back again to what you said. So yes, absolutely. Tell me what's going on and I know how I can help. But if all else fails, just tell me yes when I ask you, how are you doing or do you need help or whatever. And I love the fact that you mentioned also polygamy in Africa. What, what, what? My grandfather, I love him to pieces, rest his soul, eight wives later, eight wives I'm the first official granddaughter of all the grandkids. So you can imagine what's going on there. Like that's, that's a whole TV show on its own. That's a whole TV show, a, a, a series. Because I grew up just watching this thing play out. My dad, thank God, is not polygamous. But that is like the norm in many, many parts of Africa. And you saw, just when you were talking about it, I, I went back to my grandfather's homestead and I'm just like visually how do you provide for all 36 to 50 kids we don't know how many kids and because many of them died from infant mortality and and then the wives and the beatings and the, the oh my god the domestic oh so one of those 32 books doc one of those 32 books is actually my memoir and that book is beyond the tears bruised but not broken Amen. And I wrote in the sense of the children, the children, because sometimes as the children in polygamy, so unfortunately, my dad is a polygamist. So, and my mom is the first wife. So the children, the way that it impacts us in the long run, whether it's, you know, in success, in, in life, in business or in marriages and everything, that's what I wanted to write about that. You know what? I don't think when they are going through the, the, the polygamy, you know, the um, tradition that anybody thinks about the children that are, you know, growing in that. In, any African, in any African context, the children do not count. The children are nothing. They don't exist. That yes. is why they tell us, don't look the adult in the eye. Don't come out when you have guests. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't, 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 don't. So many don'ts. Yep. You know, now, you know, I beg you, Dr. Stem, you have to come back another day because we have to talk about just that. <laughs> that. No, 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 I kid you not. Just that polygamy. And I told you that a lot of my guests do come back. Just that polygamy because I want to interview, when I go to Nigeria in December, I'm going to interview my father for my podcast. Yeah. My mother for my podcast. Two different people who were both from polygamous families. My yeah. father's father had eight wives. My mother's father had two. I actually, now that you say this, I want to talk to them so I can save this, you know, while I can. Yes. frozen in time. Because indeed, this is a talk for a whole podcast, period. Just polygamy. And I've never thought about it. So I want to thank you on a separate level for bringing that back into my, my mindset. The fact that I was a grandchild. I had both parents. I probably had a lot of things, you know, you would say the good things 
that many of those kids didn't have. But I want to know what it was like growing up in a put. Oh my God. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Just, just a teaser for the next episode when you come back. Cause, oh, this is so good. So good. Mm. So I think, I, I, I think. Oh, and you before know, you go, I'm sorry, before you say that, I want to just repeat that your book is called Beyond the Tears, Bruised But Not Broken. So listeners, please go find it, read it, and let's talk. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's on Amazon. And what we'll do is, you know, below. We'll talk about that towards the end. Yes, yes. The yeah. podcast will give you the link, you know, to that, to, to that book. Uh, but but what, hap- what happened was, um, you know, I was already... Uh, 17 because i came to the united states at 18 i was already 17 when uh, when this lady the second wife was introduced you know i mean that came into the into the picture so i was already grown at 17 but then they had had a, an affair for probably over nine years or something that you you knew that there was this lady that was around and there was this affair that you know um the both parents were struggling with between the two of them so the thing about it is in the african community as we are saying the parents will always say this is between the parents it's not nothing to do with you children and yet you can hear and see everything but you don't have a voice in it yes so that's the struggle mentally that you know long term will affect you to say but i heard this and i saw this you know happening and i could see you know i mean mom's struggle with, with her own insecurities and also how she struggled i have five girls because i remember her talking to me and she says listen you are the oldest of my children and i don't have any control of what your father is doing in bringing in this you know woman here but i want you to know that I have done the best that I can to make sure that you all see what a good wife is like. And she broke down. And I thought, wow. But you know, <laughs> but you know what you've just said to me, because one of the books I'm writing, I've already started writing it as, as about girls. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say more, but you have also brought up the fact that I've never thought about the effect of polygamy on the wives. Of course. And of subsequent course. wives. And subsequent wives and the first wives and how, oh, thank you yeah. for this is some Immensely, great, yeah. great content. Yeah. I never thought about the fact that the women, the wives themselves, yeah. emotionally, but you know, that's to tell you what a patriarchal society is. It's all about the men. You, this man can have all these women, you know, and then what about the emotional effect, the emotional toll on the women? I hear another book coming up, baby girl. Jeez, this yeah. is so good. So, you, so now you see how I got to be 32 books, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's just like one birth after the other birth after the other birth after the other birth. Yes. But, but here's the thing, right? Those children are the same children who are mothers and grandmothers today. Today. Yes. So they carried all the pain, all the emotion of being, you know, molested, of, you know, being violated. Yes. Um, emotionally and physically abused and never got to resolve that. Never got to resolve it. Exactly. Never got to resolve it. Generational trauma. And you know, they've, they've shown the, tra- the process of epigenetics where genetic information, DNA can carry trauma from a woman's stomach into the child, from a yes. woman's heart into her child. If a woman is a victim of domestic abuse, like you said, if she's you know, prepartum depression because she was being beaten up or whatever, she can actually transfer that in the genetics of the child. And none yes. of these have gotten 
any kind of resolution and look where, talking about slaves and the trauma of that, talking about polygamy and the trauma of that on the women and the children. And let's face it, even the men, there's not a, that, you can't tell me that that man has a good night's sleep with all those wives because I know what women can do. So it's a, just a huge, big pot of trauma. I, I'm glad that I, didn't, I wasn't a victim of that. I'm glad that I didn't, you know, now in Nigeria is less common, but there are still people that, you know, that feel like polygamy is their right and, and they get it and they get it. You know, wow. Thank oh, so you. my hope, right, my hope, right, Doc, is, is that, you know, because then when I wrote Beyond the Tears, bruised but never, not broken, right, here's the thing. We need to understand that, yes, our ancestors, our fathers, you know, I mean, they believed in that tradition and it happened. But there's also this new school of men that are not into polygamy. Amen love this wife and have just that one wife but then because we still have this mentality that oh what if he becomes like my father and what if he becomes like my uncle and because he's traditional and it's not fair to take it out on them because now that's what's bringing them in now to sit down to say what else can i do because yes. then i want to be a different person yes i might have come from this tradition but that's not who i am but i'm not being embraced and given a chance to love the way that i want to love Amen. and those the things now, you know, when I do, because I also do, you know, life coaching and um, career coaching online and video, you know, where I talk to people, but we talk about all those things, you know, that we said are generational trauma, like, you know, Doc said, right? Because they now become what we call limiting beliefs. They come blockers, happiness blockers, success blockers. And I mean, you tell it, they block you from achieving all that. So we have to break through that wall because a lot of people, because the pain is so much, you build an invisible wall that you don't even understand until we talk and, I, and we, 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 we look back and we talk about it. And then I point out to you that, wow, now that sounds like a wall that has just been built and it is so high that the next person, all they're trying to do is to break down that wall so they can reach your heart. So and that, that is they, exhausting. That is exhausting. That is on your exhausting. partner. That is exhausting on your partner. Because, yeah, because wow. the resistance is there. Because it's, yes. the resistance is there. And if I can't even break down the wall myself. My own, my yes. Heart, because it has to start with me, right? I have to love myself and I have to let it down to say, listen, all this happened, but that doesn't define me. And who am I? Let me now start from scratch to define myself so that I can have the life that I want and also break the wall down and allow my partner, the right partner to come in and love me. That's the work. Amen. Amen. God, kudos to you because that sounds like a lot of work. And you know what? Congratulations on 20 years of, of doing anything. That's, staying, that's what I call staying power because you know, there's so much. And, you know, and you're also going with the times. You're doing telemedicine, telepsychiatry, tele this and tele that, just trying to stay relevant. And that's, that's what I call a black girl that rocks. I love it. I've probably said it more than once today because I truly believe in my heart that we are unicorns and we have to get out there and, um, and, and, and get the job done. And one of my friends called me a mama con because I'm a, I'm a pediatrician and I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm a, and I'm a mom and I'm also a unicorn. So she just put it together and said, you're a mama con. And, and mama con is, is a good word. It, it's, it's humbling, yeah. but it's also true. There are not enough of us who understand it doing the work. Many people are doing the work, but how many of them get it 
from the, the granular level. And that's where you're coming in. You're coming in from analysis of all of these things and being able to help change lives and transform lives, which is what this whole podcasting situation was all about in the first place. Wow. Oh my God. That polygamy, I mean, that hit the spot because I, I, mm, I took a note down for my book and I'm, I'm ready to go. You hear me? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Uh, you and I, our hearts are in empowering, especially parents and teenagers. So let me go there for a little bit about um, parents and teenagers. Because yeah, we might as well, because yeah, we might as well. Because that's yeah. a specialty, isn't it? Yeah, what I'm trying to do is to bridge the gap. And bridging the gap is talking about the things that we've talked about that parents carry, whether it's generational trauma and values and culture that, you know, culturally they know to parent a certain way and they were parented a certain way. And now here comes this new generation that are calling for every strength in your bone for you to be open to change and parent in a whole different way and be open to new ways of allowing you know your children to grow up in this new society a new environment of technology that is so different than what we had so i think part of it is you know as i say we have to break the cycle of you know the traditions that we have carried the, the things that we have carried you know for the parents so to do that parents need support teenagers need support and what's happening is because the teenagers are growing up in a whole different environment and like we said the voices that they hear in their heads they're very real which is the mental health um the attention deficit that they're having a difficult time understanding what is being taught in the school is very real because they don't understand what you know and comprehend what is being taught in the school that's very real they get anxious around exams and get anxious around other students because they're not good enough that's very real they're too skinny and too fat oh. that's real social media oh yeah, they're not coming from a neighborhood that is not affluent neighborhood and they don't have what the rest of the you know kids are. That's real and that's mental health. So what happens is, you know, now let's be real. They also have different sexual orientations and boy, oh boy, that's a whole different conversation. Whole us too. So what happens too. is they are looking to be embraced. Yes somebody in a platform and an environment in the home that they can talk about all these things and yes. say what do I do because look at all these choices and if we have parents that are still in that mentality that not in my Boom. house we talk about this you will not be hurting yourself because now the reason why they start cutting themselves yes. and hurting themselves it's sometimes due to that frustration of not knowing where else to turn to go yes because the, because the biggest bear is at home. The biggest bear is at home. There's a big old bear. I mean, yes, they're having to deal with school and schoolwork and school classmates and the bus and the playground and bullying at school and, the, and Snapchat and Instagram. And, and then when they come home, there's an even bigger bully who is parents that don't understand or that block it or say, no, not in my home. Or, and then homelessness starts because they drive them out. I mean, there's so many things that kids have to deal with. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. Yeah. So we have to have a conversation and, 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 and parents have to have a conversation. It's not an easy environment, especially if you are, you know, I mean, in, 
overseas, America, Australia, anywhere where you are, you know, you have to work harder than we used to when you were back home and things were more relaxed and you could have time to be with the children and be present. So now being, you know, in the different countries, the work is taking over that, you know, parents, you know, have to work all the time, but not providing that, you know, time with your children to be able to discuss you know some of the you know issues and the things that they're going through is much needed because if you don't get to do that guess what the people on the outside are doing it with them and sometimes it's not the best advice that they're learning yes they're getting the answers you know what you 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 must have read my mind or you've heard me or something because I say that all the time. I said, if you don't give your kids the controlled narrative at home, they're going to get it outside. And when they get it outside, you now start doing damage control. By then it's too late. It's way too late. So know your kids, believe your kids, listen to your kids, have an open mind, know your child's love language, know what they need from you. And stop with the old mentality of this is what we did in, in my day in the 60s. This is 2000 something. There's no way life can be the same. Life is fluidy. It changes. It, yeah, bell bottoms come and go. But when it comes to your mindset, it changes. I would never have thought in a million years that I'll be on my laptop talking to Dr. Stem in Florida and I can see her and she can see me. This is what I'm talking about growth. We take the good and the bad and the ugly from social media and, and, and technology. But you can't stay in your place with your Hello Moto, Motorola phone because we're not doing Motorola phone anymore. You can't expect your kids to be in that, you know, I mean, to be in that mindset. Dude, let me tell you, uh, girl. Right? So here's the thing, right? So, you know, as I was saying, because one of the things you wanted to also know is how do you get to 32 books? So, my yeah, actually, that was yeah, we need to start whining, and that's actually what I was gonna say. Where can people meet? Where can they? So <laughs> let me make it official. So where can the listeners find you? Tell me a little bit more about these books, and then obviously there's no you don't have you don't have a say in this. You're coming back because we have so much to unpack. If I have a good idea, that I'm going to discuss with you offline. But yeah, but you're coming back for sure. So tell us where we can find you, ma'am. So my website is www.drstemmy.com, which is D-R-S-T-E-M-M-I-E.com. All my books are on Amazon, which is, you know, you just, even if you go to Google and just type in Dr. Stem books, you'll be able to find those books there. And the book that we talked about today is Beyond the Tears, which is my memoir with my story. But I highly recommend for parents that have teenagers, I released three books this year. You know, there were four, but then the three books for parents was Teenage Boys Question and Answers. So it's Teen Boys Q&A, Teen Girls Q&A, and Parents Q&A. Wow. In books, I'm talking about dealing with love, life, mental health, suicide, alcohol, drugs, and more. What I did was I took each of those topics and explained it in a nice, simple way that a teenager can understand, a teenage girl can understand from the perspective of a teenage girl and dealing with heartbreaks and dealing with, you know, the, the challenges of self-esteem, weight and everything, right? And also I have questions in there. So for parents, it makes it an easier conversation for you to talk about STDs, to talk about pregnancy, to talk about drugs, to talk about how to do you feel with your boys and your girls using these little books? Because then you can open up a chapter and say, Dr. Stem said, you know, in this paragraph, 
But what do you think? And you know what? When, I know when we were growing up, this is not how we believed it. And let your teenager tell you what it is that they have learned. And it becomes a conversation that is beyond how was your day at school today? What did exactly. you do today? They, which is boring for them. Like, oh exactly. my God. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 that's, where, that's where they can get me. So on my website, you can also book a free session with me. We can talk. I, I have 15 to 30 minutes that I can give you for free. And you can do a free consult with me there so that we can plan how we can manage, you know, to do some coaching sessions with you or your teenager. Because I do those online as well as video. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I think you hit the nail on the head with me only because my practice focuses only on at-risk youth. All of them are going to leave my office with, with your book, at least the name of your book. Whether they follow through or not, I don't know, but I'm going to give them Dr. Stemmy, Dr. Stemmy.com, okay? Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, parents, Q&A, teen boys, Q&A, teen girls, Q&A. I'm just, I'm in love with you. I don't know if I've said that already, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> Have I told you, lady, that I love you? This is exactly that I love you, right? <laughs> what we're talking about, you know? So, wow. You know what? Ladies and gentlemen, you heard her. She came here. She laid it all out. This is what we're talking about. This is the stuff stars are made of. Dr. Stem, a beautiful soul, a wonderful woman, just a girl that's rocking it all the way home. She is a teen coach, an author, multi-book author. She's a, gosh, everything, motivational speaker. You, you just name it a daughter, a friend, you know, you name it. She's going to be there for you. She does online coaching. So don't tell me, uh, well, she's in Florida. No, you can book her online. So no, no excuses. And thank you so much for coming and joining the family today. I can't even thank you enough. Usually I want to end the podcast with um, asking you if you have any, any farewell words. Is that the word? I, I can never remember the phrase. Any parting words or any words of encouragement. That's what it is. For the parents, any words of, of encouragement to the, to the listeners, period. Any words of encouragement. I or actually... Sometimes I want to know if you have a favorite quote or a favorite book that you read or a favorite podcast. I mean, whatever you like. I actually prepared for something. So I know she's about to go, but I had prepared this for all of you so that this can be a parting words, you know, that we go through. But here's the thing. I have to own up. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I believe in God. I believe in Christ. And I also know that, you know what, without him, I would be doing the things that I'm doing today. So I'm going to leave you with this, um, you know, dose of motivation, which I do a lot. I do a dose of motivation and encouragement. So if you follow me, you'll be able to see some doses of motivation and encouragement. Letting go and letting God. Amen. What kinds of experiences will I have today? Will they be familiar ones or the ones that are new to me? Always be open. You may not know the answer at this moment. Don't be concerned because God will give you new experiences every day and every moment. Trust in him. Ask him to show you the path of life, the presence of joy, the presence of opportunities in your life. Again, this is Dr. Stem. And as I always say, be encouraged. Amen. Amen. I can't even come back with that. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. As always, this is Dr. Lulu. This is Suicide Pages, the podcast. This is your momatrician signing out. Thank you so much, Dr. Stem, for coming. This was amazing. I know the listeners learned as much as I did from you. And that's what this is all about. So ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Bye.